Hey leaders and hosts, this is week three of our life group leader guide for Pastor Nate's sermon on Jonah 4. The icebreaker question this week is this, finish this sentence. In view of the week I am having, I'm so glad that God is blank. (laughs) This is a different kind of icebreaker question. We haven't done a fill in the blank before, but the idea is that we can just um, consider and share our perspective this perspective of our week in light of our understanding of God. So it's a relatively quick and simple exercise that can reveal a little bit about how each person is doing in their walk with the Lord this week. Um, So leaders may want to consider asking follow-up questions or saying, tell me more about that um, if you'd like to spend additional time discussing the word that they chose to describe God. So after your icebreaker, feel free to take some time to pray and then read the passage in Jonah 4. Your first question is the same as always, what stood out to you in this section of scripture or from Sunday's sermon. Uh, Some leaders choose to start with this and then move into the other questions and uh, don't feel free, feel like you have to do that every week. You can feel free to jump into the other questions that you have in the guide as well if you prefer. Okay, so question two, how did Jonah's actions and attitude demonstrate an imbalanced understanding of God's character? The purpose of this question is for your group to identify what Jonah did and said that shows he did not hold a complete theology of God's character. Jonah was so displeased and angry because God saved Nineveh that he prayed for his life to be taken from him. That's serious. Jonah's attitude and actions reveal that he wanted God's justice without his mercy. Uh, This imbalance sets up an incomplete theology of God. God's heart for Nineveh was to see them come to repentance, but all all Jonah could see was the need for judgment. God's nature is that he is both gracious and just, which means that he forgives us, but also permits his consequences of our sins to unfold. Jonah couldn't handle this and made it clear not only in his initial prayer in verses 1 through 3, but also in his reaction to the plant shriveling up in verses 8 and 9. Jonah's desire to die rather than to see Nineveh's salvation reveals Jonah's hard and imbalanced heart toward God. Seeing this kind of anger in a prophet reminds us that no one is immune to sin that entangles our hearts in this way. To prevent such a thing, we must walk in step with the Lord daily. All right, question three. Have you ever been angry with God? What did your anger reveal about your priorities? The goal of this question is to encourage members to identify a time when they were angry with God and how they dealt with it. Moments of anger often reveal that we're more concerned with ourselves rather than the things the Lord wants us to be concerned about. It's important for us as believers to recognize this anger and to reconcile with God. Our anger can prevent us from being fully immersed in the plans and purposes God has for us. It can also hinder us from being good witnesses or representing Christ and his values. It's important for us to properly deal with whatever our issues are, allowing God to heal us fully and set us free from the source of our anger. God brought Jonah through a process that allowed him to see the error of his ways. Out of his abundant grace, God does not leave us the same. Because of his great love for us, he rebukes us in relevant and effective ways. Our prayer should be that we allow God to do this work in us. If you'd like to go deeper, you could ask this very poignant question. Do we care more about our own comfort than the conversion of others? 
Jonah's story presents us with an opportunity to ask ourselves this hard question about where our heart is. Jonah's anger showed that he desired the destruction of Nineveh rather than the salvation of it. Pastor Nate presented this question in his sermon on Sunday, which is something that we should consider throughout the weeks to come. Are there times when we've chosen to prioritize our own comfort rather than the conversion of others? Our behavior should be as dramatic as Jonah's. Or our actions might be more subtle and passive. Either way, how can we shift the focus off of ourselves and on to the unsaved? Our first step should be to confess to one another, turning to God in his word and in prayer. All right, question four. How can you show grace and compassion toward the nations this week? What specific service opportunities in your home, neighborhood, at Calvary, or abroad can you pray over or engage in? So the goal is for members to identify specific ways to align their hearts with God's and show compassion by serving those around them. God used Jonah's story to show the fullness of his character, including both his mercy and his justice. We learn from Jonah's lack of compassion for Nineveh that God will be true to himself as the God who is slow to anger and abounding in love. He will redeem his children of all nations, whether we help him or not. So the question is, how will we answer the call? Will we respond like Jonah? and run from God, or will we embrace the life of discipleship that God has for us? I pray that God would help our church to run to our neighbors and the nations for the sake of the gospel. There are specific ways that individuals can show compassion toward others, including opportunities at Calvary that are listed in the member announcements below. For example, the Seaside Middle School Outreach, as well as International Student Ministry. Whatever the applications may be, encourage your group towards living out God's word, reminding them that it is his Holy Spirit that empowers and equips us to follow his word. Be prepared with a couple of application points that you can share to get things started. All right, our prayer application this week uh, is for revival. Quite simply, that's what God brought to Nineveh, and that's what we can pray that he would bring to individuals and groups in Monterey, in the U.S., and anywhere else worldwide. I encourage your group to choose specific places and or people that God has laid on your heart to pray for. Pray also that God would stir up laborers for the harvest of revival and maybe even including some of you. Our leadership notes this week are entitled Leading Your Group in Service. When we talk about servant leadership, we can quickly refer to Christ's example. Jesus' humility is the perfect model for us to follow. Making decisions for the benefit of the gospel and of our disciples' spiritual growth is a discipline that we must practice as leaders. This may come at a personal cost, and there will also be great reward from the Lord. For example, if a life group member needs extra support to go through a challenging season, it may require the leader to sacrifice time or something else that time on something else that meets the members' needs. Or maybe the life group is being asked to serve together at the church or in the community, which may require the sacrifice of finances or time again to meet the need. The blessing and reward that comes on this side of heaven is the privilege of walking through these experiences with brothers or sisters in Christ, honoring God in our service. So as a leader, you are setting the culture for your group regards to service. Your members will follow your lead. Setting the example and putting out the challenge to serve one another, the church, and the community is a valuable part of your role. Service can and should be woven into how we're doing life together, which means it will look different for each life group. Some members may have reservations about serving, while others may have not 
really just thought about fitting it into the current rhythms of their life. Either way, God has placed you in this position for such a time as this to model servant leadership and to help facilitate God's call on your members to serve as well. You are encouraged to pray about how service to one another, the church, and the community can be a part of the dynamic of your life group if it's not already. The life group's team is praying for you in these ways and welcomes you to reach out to your coach with any questions or reflections. There's a couple leader and host reminders uh, that groups will close on September 28th. And then after that, any potential members, um, I would just reach out to request of you directly, uh, except for our young adults groups. Those do stay open uh, throughout the quarter. And then we also have online resources for leaders and hosts at calvary.com slash LG leader in case you need anything throughout the week. Um, And thank you so much for sharing the member announcements for the Women's Conference, the Fall Festival, uh, and then our outreach activities this month with your groups. Uh, Pray that the Lord gives you a blessed gathering this week and look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks so much, leaders and hosts.